Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. It is Saturday, April 15th, 2017. How's everybody doing today? Uh, you better get yourselves ready because the NBA playoffs are starting today. That's right, 3 o'clock Eastern time. Game one of the playoffs, Cavaliers-Pacers. Let's just jump right into it. So the Cavaliers slipped out of the number one seed at the end of the season. Um, they had the number one seed pretty much, you know, I don't want to say locked up, but they had a stranglehold on it for the majority of the season. And then, you know, the Boston Celtics came and threatened them at the end. But then there was this big, you know, nationally televised game where you had the Cavaliers and the Celtics going head-to-head, and the Cavaliers kicked the shit out of them and took over the number one seed. And from then on, it was sort of like, well, you know, the Celtics lost the next game after that, and they started sliding. Well, guess what? The Cavaliers, after that amazing win against the number one seeded Celtics, proceeded to lose three straight, look very embarrassing, and stumbled their way out of the rest of the regular season and fell into the number two slot, and the Celtics got the number one slot. So, you have a Cleveland Cavaliers team in the number two seed facing the number seven seeded Indiana Pacers. Now, this is the first game of the of the day. It's going to be on ABC, 3 o'clock Eastern. Um, okay, there's a lot of speculation about the Cavaliers right now, about their defense, about um, pretty much can they flick the switch, you know, as they've been talking about a lot of championship teams. I certainly think there's, there's something to be a little fearful of, considering what they're going through right now. Um, but... You know, this is round one. I'm not too scared of the Pacers. Now, I know a few weeks ago they had that overtime game where it was essentially Paul George versus LeBron James going head-to-head against each other, but um, I think something is going to happen to the Cavaliers when they go to the playoffs. There is going to be, if not enough of a flip switch to just get them right back into the finals, there will be a flip switch to at least get them to a whole new level than what we've seen in the regular season. I truly believe that. I think you're going to see... More cohesion from the big three. I think you will see a little bit more um, patience from Kyrie Irving. You'll see more aggressiveness from Kevin Love. Um, You know, hopefully we'll have Tristan Thompson back. I mean, Tristan Thompson brings a lot to this team. Uh, And I think, you know... J.R. Smith has been playing has been playing well at the right time. I still like what this team has got, and I think that you know they were just dealing with injuries at the end of the season. I still think this Cavaliers team has what it takes to get to the finals. I mean, I'm still I don't know if I had an MVP vote. I don't know if I'd formally give it to you know that's not true. I mean. Russell Westbrook has had a great season. I might just give it to him, but I mean, I still think LeBron James is the MVP, and this Pacer team now. I like some of the pieces that they've got on this Pacer team, but I just don't think it's enough to get through a seven-game series with the defending champions. You know, Paul George, yes, but then you need to start looking at deeper and deeper into that Pacer team. You know, Thaddeus Young, Miles Turner, Monte Ellis. You know, are the Jeff Teague and Jeff Teague? Jeff Teague rolled his ankle in that last game of the season. Is he going to be ready for today's game? I don't know if Jeff Teague's going to be ready. All of a sudden, you're down your starting point guard, and I mean, that's something you seriously got to take into consideration. I I mean, I think it'll be a good matchup, but I just, you know, maybe I can see the Pacers stealing a game or two at home against this Cavs team, and you know, it's going to be an ex- it's going to be a real sort of litmus test to see where the Cavs are at. If their defense is as is struggling as much as it has been in the regular season over the last couple of months, um, 
if you know, you know, if we, I think there might be a degree of seeing Teron Lou get exposed as a poor coach to some degree. I, I just, I think that's what's going to come out. I think the Pacers are dangerous, and you know, um, enough with Paul George that they can steal a few games at home. And I just think, listen, Paul George is a superstar. We're not that far removed from the years when this Indiana Pacers team was going head-to-head in the Eastern Conference Finals with LeBron James and the Miami Heat. LeBron and Paul George, this is not a new rivalry. This is These two guys know each other. And you know what? As long as Paul George is on this court, this is going to be a competitive series. They are not going to roll over, and the Pacers are not going to go down lightly. If you don't believe me, just look at what they did to the Raptors last year. They gave them a hell of a series before the Raptors finished them off. So... I think this is going to be a very eye-opening round one series, especially for the Cavaliers, considering how much doubt has crept into everyone's minds regarding the Cavaliers' ability to truly go the distance this season. Um, so I'm very excited to see this series. I'm still picking the uh, the Cavaliers to win it. I'm going to say the Cavaliers in six. Okay, next up, let's uh, let's stay with the Eastern Conference. Let's stay with the number one seeded Boston Celtics going against the number eight seed Chicago Bulls. So, okay, after all of the ups and downs of the Bulls, the Bulls have been the the picture of dysfunction this year. Dwayne Wade, Rajon Rondo, infighting. Wade is done for the season, essentially because I think he started to realize they weren't going to make the playoffs, and then Jimmy Butler dragged their asses into the playoffs, and all of a sudden Wade's like, yeah, 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 I'm back. It's cool, I'm back. So now... You're going to probably, and Rondo's been dealing with injuries too. Now, Rondo and Wade are at least healthy enough to be playing. Butler is, is, Butler is the true star of that Bulls team. Miritich has been playing some great basketball. I mean, there's some things which are kind of starting to function with this Bulls team. But I mean, come on now. They're dangerous. They're absolutely dangerous, but... I'm so worried about some of the dysfunctions that they have with their team, and I don't really trust Fred Hoiberg as the coach because there's a lot of feelings that this Bulls team could upset the Celtics team. I don't know about that. Celtics, listen, Celtics are going to have difficulty with the Cavaliers. The Celtics are going to have difficulty probably with the Washington Wizards. I don't know if they're going to have the same difficulty with the Bulls, all right? The Celtics got a lot of things going on right now. I, You know, Isaiah Thomas is playing MVP ball. Granted, he is a bit of a defensive liability because of his size, but, I mean, you cannot deny that explosiveness that he's had in the fourth quarter during this season. That's not something that I think is going to magically go away. Al Horford brings a lot to this playoff team, especially a playoff team that hasn't been able to make it out of the first round in the last couple of years. I think Horford brings a tenacity there. He brings a defensive presence, Um, and, you know, this this Celtics team is clicking, they're, they're clicking right on all the right cylinders. You know, Marcus Smart, Avery Bradley is back from injury, Kelly Olynyk. I really like rookie Jalen Brown. I mean, these guys are all contributing solid minutes. This is a dangerous, dangerous Boston Celtics team. I definitely think they're going into the second round of the playoffs. I think the Bulls might be able to give them a scare, you know, because I think the Bulls have, they've just got so much talent. They don't have the coaching. They don't have the cohesion. Um, I don't know if they, I mean, they've, I don't really know if they have the depth either, but this Bulls team is, you know, listen, when you got, again, it's like Paul George, you got Jimmy Butler on the court, you've got a chance. And with guys like D Wade and Rondo, these guys are, you know, that's something to be said for ego, uh, attitude, uh, will not roll over. Those guys are not going to go down lightly. 
You know, they're definitely going to scrape and claw and try to play hero ball a little bit themselves. And that's kind of why I think you can get excited about the bite in Chicago. But, you know, again, maybe six games. I mean, depends on how well they play, but it might just be five games. I mean, I think the Celtics could take them out in five solid games. That's that's what I'm thinking for that for that series. Let's flip to the Western Conference. Um Let's jump to the top two Western conferences, which are probably the easiest to predict. You got the Warriors and the Trailblazers. Um, I mean, come on now. I think the Warriors, listen, for all their ups and downs with the Kevin Durant injury, I'm sure his knee probably still hurts a bit, but you know what? He's going out there. He's fighting through it. He feels healthy enough, and he's putting up colossal numbers. The Warriors are doing everything that they need to be doing at the exact right time. The team is healthy or as healthy as you want them to be. Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, everything is coming together. Now, you really need to start wondering how this new sort of roster and depth this year is going to work. You know, when you start thinking about you don't have Bogut anymore, you got to start looking towards Zaza more, you got to start looking towards David West more, you see more JaVale McGee, Patrick McCaw, Ian Clark. You know, these were guys who, again, that's been one of the bigger differences this year. Not just Kevin Durant, but not having Harrison Barnes, not having Andrew Bogut, not having Barbosa, you know, these key cogs on this machine, you know, Maurice Spates, you know, now you've got different guys in the rotation, but, you know, a lot of the same characters are there. Iguodala, Green, Clay Thompson, I just, they're dangerous. They're so dangerous. They're just as good, if not better, now that they've got Kevin Durant. And the Trailblazers, listen, I think they've they've been a bit of a disappointment this year. Um, they definitely got some excitement at the end of the season when they got the, the Nurkic trade. I mean, Nurkic turned their season around. When they traded Plumlee to the Nuggets for uh, Yusef Nurkic, it really just changed the, the dynamic of their team. It wasn't just uh, Lillard, Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum running everything from the backcourt. You actually started to see a post presence. You started to see passing. They started to win games. Um... But again, you know, this Trailblazers team, they're not going to get out of this first round. I think, I mean, we might be looking at a sweep, sweep four games, Golden State Warriors taking them out. I think that's pretty obvious. I mean, obvious or not. Listen, I don't want to, sorry, Portland Trailblazer fans, but you guys are just, you're up against a juggernaut with the Warriors. The Spurs and the Grizzlies. Wow. Two seed and the seven seed in the Western Conference. Uh, um... These two teams definitely have some history. Um, the Grizzlies have been known to eliminate the Spurs at one time or another in the past. Uh, I think one of the seasons Ginobili wasn't playing. Um, but I just, this is not the time. This Spurs team is going to go down. I don't think they're winning the championship. You know, I think I've heard a couple of pundits go out there and say, listen, for as great as this Spurs team is, the only superstar you have on the team is Kawhi Leonard. And if Kawhi Leonard's the only superstar you have on the team, you're going to go down somewhere in the playoffs because you need to have more superstars in your team. And then there's this discussion of LaMarcus Aldridge. Is he a superstar? Because he seems to have been, a couple of years ago, he seems to have been a superstar. I don't know if he is right now. He is becoming more of a role player. I think you're seeing more of his burden get shifted to Pau Gasol. Um, and I think that their 60 wins, their number two seed, their danger in the playoffs is all still attributed to Pop's ability to just coach anybody who's out there. Kawhi Leonard is absolutely one of the best players in the league. He's an MVP candidate. I mean, 
I think he's probably one of the best two player two way players in the league. He's probably a better defender than Westbrook, Harden, or James. Well, LeBron James is pretty amazing too, but definitely Kawhi Leonard's a better defender. Um, but the rest of the team, you know, it's a bunch of like older pieces. They fit in great, but are these guys? Is this slow down, slog it out, Spurs uh, game plan? You know, gonna work as you go deeper into the playoffs against teams like. Uh, you know, who who the hell are they playing in the third round it would be? It would probably be the winner of the Harden-Westbrook uh, MVP, you know, Smash Mouth series. You know, the Spurs are going to be playing the, the Rockets or the Thunder, and this Thunder team was the same Thunder team that ran them off the court last year. So you start looking at David Lee, you start looking at Pau Gasol, uh, you know, all of a sudden, you, Tony Parker, Ginobili, these guys are going to be able to give you something, but... You're going to need more Patty Mills. You're going to need more Aldridge. You're going to need more Kawhi Leonard. Um, Now, listen, facing against the Grizzlies, I think this is enough to take down the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies have been overachieving all season. I I mean, really, from Mike Conley's injury, where he came back earlier than they thought he was going to come back, to Chandler Parsons being a complete non-factor on this Grizzlies team, I mean, you really got to give credit to the coach. Fizdale coming in, doing an amazing job with this Grizzlies team. Gasol still playing the way he does. Uh, Zach Randolph transitioning to this bench role. You know, and then you've got new guys like Jamichael, well, I mean, he's not really new, but Jamichael Green is now like a key rotational player. I've said this before, Vince Carter. They are heavily relying on Vince Carter. And that's not a bad thing. It's just that can Vince Carter last, you know, a seven-game series? And if he can last a seven-game series, how many of them is he going to last? You know, can he do an entire playoff run? I think he probably can. But, I mean, sooner or later, someone's going to break him down off the dribble. You know, there's going to be a moment where even Ginobili makes him look foolish. There's going to be a moment where Patty Mills is killing him. And, um... I think the Grizzlies are definitely a team, one of the more likely teams to, to put a little fear in the heart of the Spurs. But, you know, when you break it down, this Spurs team is going to come and they're going to do what they need to do. I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking five games. I want to say, you know, maybe six if the Grizzlies can can pull out two at home. But I'm thinking five games where you're going to have the Spurs take it in advance. Um, the Grizzlies, I like what they're doing. I just... They're facing a juggernaut with the Spurs. Let's flip back to the Eastern Conference. We've got two more series there. Okay, let's talk about the Washington Wizards and the Atlanta Hawks. Now, this is the 4-5 lineup. Um, The Wizards have played amazing basketball this season. I really like what they've done. You know, not so much defense, whole lot of offense. For the first time in a while, you saw Bradley Beal was actually healthy. John Wall was actually healthy. You know, they've got a nice rotation of post players with Gortat and you know, Boban and, and, and Jason Smith and, you know, these big guys. I kind of like what they've got there. But again, defense has not been their strong suit. They've really been focusing on an offensive game plan, you know, out, outscoring their opponents. But Scotty Brooks has put together, you know, a nice setup there. He's really working to the strengths of Wall and Beal, which is something that when you see these two guys together, when, you, when you're able to get the collaboration there, I mean, you see the effect that they have on the game. I mean, they are absolutely dominant. And now you need to throw them up against this Hawks team. Now, the Hawks have been I mean, they're they've they have been have gone through 
modes of really good to kind of good, but they've never gotten over the hump. Even at those days when they were at the height of their Atlanta Hawks. I'm not even talking about the 60-win season from a couple of years ago. I'm talking from years ago when they were scaring uh, Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce and that Boston Celtics team. I'm talking about, you know, when they had Horford and when they had uh, um, Joe Johnson and when they had, uh, I believe they still had Millsap on the team then. I mean, this was a frightening, frightening team. Jeff Teague was really kind of coming, you know, he was he was arising at that time. You know, this was a dominant, frightening team that as good as they were, they still could not get over the hump. They still were just a team that ended up getting swept out of the playoffs by LeBron James. They can't figure out how to do that. And now they've kind of gone through this transition. You know, Joe Johnson is gone. Um, you know, he ended up going to the Nets. And then you get to a situation where, uh, you know, Al Horford's gone. Now, then you get to the sex, the sixty win te- team where you had the Kyle Korver, um, Cephalosha, uh, you know T- uh, Teague, Schroeder, you know that this Budenholzer kind of nouveau San Antonio Spurs Atlanta Hawks team, and they were dangerous and they were exciting. But even in that sixty win team, you know when they were the number one seed, they could not prevent getting swept in the Eastern Conference Finals by LeBron James and. It's still the same thing now, only I think the team has just taken steps backward. You know, Horford's gone. They bring in Dwight Howard. You know, Jeff Teague is gone. Schroeder is now the main guy. Um, They moved on from Kyle Korver. I mean, they traded Korver to the Cavaliers. Now you got Mike Dunleavy. I just, I feel like they've been over, they've been up and down all season, and now is not the time for them to go, Stella, get your groove back. It's not happening, okay? So, I think the Wizards are probably going to run them off the court. Um, I think there's going to be more defense in this series than the Wizards are accustomed to because Atlanta knows how to play defense. That's going to certainly be more of a consideration um, before, you know, with a with another team in this series is I think that Atlanta's got defense built into their system, but not enough to affect the game and slow down a team like the Wizards. Like, you know, I think Atlanta's going to give them a run for their money, but I mean, I think this is going to be a five-game series. Five-game series, Wizards are going to take control early, Atlanta might be able to, like, steal game three at home, but, I mean, John Wall and Bradley Beal are just not to be denied. Now, one of the last uh, Eastern Conference series that is is the Raptors and the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, throughout all this season, the Raptors have been known as the team that really could not get over the hump until last season. You know, they had two straight seasons where they won the division very easily. Um, They went into the playoffs with a high seed, and they ended up getting bumped by the Nets, and then they got bumped by the Wizards. Both times, Paul Pierce was on the team. Um, You know, and, and last year was the first time they actually got over the hump. They got to the Eastern Conference Finals. They made some noise. They proved that they were worthy of being here. Um, Now, mind you, they still nearly got eliminated in the first round by the Indiana Pacers even though they got to the, the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Now, I say this because this year, they're sort of getting the street cred of a seasoned veteran team that's now been there a couple of years, because it's true. You know, aside from them getting bumped in those first two years, this is now year three or four of the DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry, Valanchunas, 
sort of like, you know, combo of team. Now, you know, now they've got pieces like Serge Ibaka. You know, Damari Carroll has been, listen, he's been a bit of a disappointment, but he fits in. He's still part of this squad. You know, you got your Corey Joseph, P.J. Tucker. I mean, now it's a dangerous team with a lot of defense. A lot of defense on this Raptors team. So now we come in, and all of a sudden the Raptors are a little bit more of a dangerous team than I think people were initially thinking uh, when they were considering this Raptor team. So you have them pitted up against the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks are the new guys. You got Giannis Antetokounmpo essentially coming in and taking the league by storm. We've seen this over the last couple of years. This was the year it actually equated to getting to the playoffs. Um, you know, he led the team in everything. He's essentially been the MVP for the Bucks. Um, and they've weathered a lot of injuries here on this Bucks team. You know, Jabari Parker went down. Chris Middleton sort of showed back up uh, from his injury and has kind of seamlessly almost made the team better. Uh, you've got Thon Maker. Um, uh, you've got a Malcolm Brogdon sort of surprising everybody. You know, there's a lot of things to be excited about with this Bucks team. But then there's this question of sort of, can they go up against the defense and the huge guys on Toronto? You know, because now think about throwing Greg Monroe or Thon Maker up against Valanchunas or Ibaka. I mean, these are two big, huge post players who can also stretch the floor who have been far in the playoffs, who know what it's like to be here. Whereas, you know, Thon Maker, God love him. He's a young guy, and he doesn't have the same size as some of these guys. And then you got to talk about Greg Monroe. Like, this might be one of the first times that Greg Monroe is going to truly earn his fucking money for the Milwaukee Bucks, okay? He's going to have to get out there and bang out there with Valanchunas and Ibaka. I don't even know if he can hang in there. But this is going to be the time when they're going to need that because let me tell you something, Giannis is not going to be able to do this on his own. All right, if Giannis is going to the hoop, if he's passing the ball, he's going to take some punishment from those big guys. So this is, you know, I think Giannis can do a lot, but, you know, this Raptors team has got a lot of weapons. Lowry is finally back. And I think with Lowry back, with DeMar DeRozan scoring, you know, it should be close. I think the Bucks again, are going to scare them more than people think because Toronto has a way of, they just have a way of kind of getting behind the eight ball. They have a way of losing game one in their own arena. You know, they just have a way of doing that. And I mean, like I think Toronto, I'm, I'm pretty convinced they're going to win this series, but I got to say at least six games could be seven, could be seven. I could see the Bucks taking the Raptors to seven games. I'm just saying that, you know, Giannis, he could win a game all by himself in Milwaukee. You know, I could see Giannis winning three games in Milwaukee and taking this to seven. But I still think the Raptors are going are gonna to come out of this series. Um, all right, that's the Eastern Conference. Let's flip back. We've got two more series in the Western Conference. You've got the 3-6, the Thunder and the, and the Rockets, and then you've got the Jazz and the Clippers. Two, two of the probably the most exciting series that we're going to watch so far in the playoffs. Let's go to... Um, Houston Rockets, Oklahoma City Thunders. This is James Harden, Russell Westbrook smashing each other in the mouth. Essentially like the end-all, be-all MVP debate. Wouldn't this be cool if this was essentially just the playoff? Like whoever won this series won the MVP? I don't think it's going to work out that way. I'm pretty confident Russell Westbrook is going to win this award. I mean, what he's done this year has been phenomenal. I mean, it's really hard to put your finger on it. I mean, the efficiency isn't as good as James Harden, but I mean... 
it's hard to deny the fact that he is probably the most valuable piece on any one of these teams. And now he does have a pretty strong team. So let's talk about this series. You know, the Rockets, they're a run-and-gun team. This is D'Antoni's, you know, six seconds or less Phoenix Suds all over again. You've got Harden dominating the ball. He's your Steve Nash. And then he's got shooters all around him. And that's that has not been a surprise. I think what the surprise has been is how effective it's been this season. Um, but you start to say to yourself, you know, do they have the same defense to be able to slow down and really grind it out with this Thunder team if the Thunder team decides to do that? Because Bill Simmons made a really good point. I was listening to him the other day. Um, he talked about how the supporting cast for Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma City is probably better than Houston's supporting cast. You know, Steven Adams, you know, Robertson, Sabonis, I mean, these are guys, Ennis Cantor, they really bring a lot to the floor, and they bring some some playoff experience. Like, these guys know what it takes to grind out a long series, um, and I don't know if you're going to be able to get the same sort of ability with Houston and their lack of defense. You know, the most I can say for Houston's defense is like Patrick Beverly and Clint Capella. Um, but the rest of it, you know, Eric Gordon, Ryan Anderson, um, these guys are shooters. They're going to want to be shooters. And I certainly think that there's at least going to be a couple of games. Like, I think the first couple of home games in Houston, Houston's just going to run them off the floor. They're going to shoot the lights out. And I think even if they play poor defense, they'll probably still win like 115 to 105. So I think you can count a couple of games for Houston simply because they've got that scoring ability. But when you go back to Oklahoma City, when you get a game that's close where it's really grinding out, where the defense has really been ramped up, you know, um, I think you're going to find yourself in a situation where Oklahoma City is going to make Houston look a little bad in a few of these games. Like, I think this is a seven-game series. Um it's hard. It's really, I, I don't even know. I'm going to keep talking before I make my prediction because um, you start talking about moments like, you know, Westbrook. Westbrook being able to steal a game. Like we've saw towards the end of the season, he had multiple games where he scored the last 15 points all by himself, where he blocked the shot or stole the ball or made the defensive play all by himself. And, you know, again, thinking about supporting casts, Thinking about Oladipo, like Oladipo is, I mean, after Harden and Westbrook, he's probably the third best player on the court. And the fourth best player is probably Steven Adams. So now you start looking at the supporting cast of Oklahoma City and you got to get scared. You know, this is not going to be a cakewalk for Houston. And there's going to be moments where defense is going to play a major role. And if Houston cannot show the same defense that Oklahoma City is able to do, I mean, you might be looking at an upset. You might be looking at Oklahoma City pushing Houston out of this first round. I, I, <clears throat> I'm definitely thinking seven games. This has got to be a seven-game series, and, you know, I'm going to go with the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's right. I'm picking the Thunder. I'm picking Russell Westbrook. I know that Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook, they got some history. They got some history. I mean, that year when the Thunder were ready to go all the way to the finals, Patrick Beverly was the one who took out Russell Westbrook's knee. It looked innocuous, but it ended up finishing his playoff season that year. And I mean, it was bad. It was bad, 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 bad. And you know what? Russell Westbrook ain't going to forget that shit. So I'm picking the Thunder. That's my upset. I'm definitely, I'm picking the Thunder in seven games. 
and uh, Russell Westbrook. My God, he's just done amazing shit this year. Last playoff series I'm going to talk about, Utah Jazz, Los Angeles Clippers. Now, the Clippers did get home court. Even though they didn't win their division, the Jazz did win the division, but the Clippers are going to get home court. Um, This is the last ride for the Clippers, in my opinion. Uh, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre, J.J. Redick, Jamal Crawford. This is the time. This is their time to strike fear into the hearts of their enemies. Now, if they actually make it out of this first-round series, there's a very high likelihood they're going to be playing the Golden State Warriors. Probably not the Portland Trailblazers, but the Golden State Warriors. And I don't think the Clippers are getting through the Warriors. I'm sorry. The Warriors have had the Clippers number for a very long time. But talking about first-round series, it's a little understated how well the Clippers have been playing this year. You know, before Chris Paul got hurt, before they started having injuries at at the beginning of the season, this Clippers team was one of the best teams in the league. You know, better than the Rockets, better than these other teams. This Clippers team was dominating. And since all of their players have been back and they're healthy, they're dominating again. I mean, they're playing amazing basketball. And the Jazz... These are the new kids on the block. They've had a great year. I really got to give credit to Gordon Hayward and Rudy Gobert. I mean, they have played fantastic basketball. I like George Hill. I like having Diaw and Joe Johnson. I like Joe Ingles. You know, Derek Favors, is he going to start or not? But, you know, there's a lot to be excited about with what Quinn Snyder has done with this young Jazz team. And this is the type of progress you want from your young team. But, but, but. These guys are new to the playoffs, okay? They Gordon Hayward's, I think I think he was in the playoffs once his rookie year when they were the eighth seed, but all of these guys, you know, Joe Johnson and Boris Diaw, they know what's up, but this is a new crew. It's a new, fresh-faced team that's in the playoffs this year, and against a team like the Clippers, I think the Clippers have got the Jazz number. I think this is going to be a five-game series. I mean, I think the Jazz are going to give it their all, but... The Clippers are not to be denied. The Clippers want this. They're going to fight for it. If they if they want to get anywhere in the playoffs and make a name for themselves at all and do anything of, of respectability, the Clippers got to get through this Jazz team. So I think the Jazz are going to, they're going to give it their all, but I just don't see them, I don't see them really striking any fear into the hearts of the Clippers. So I'm picking the Clippers in five. That's who I pick. That's who I got. Um... Last thing I'll say before I sign off is MVP discussion. <sighs> I mean, I would still vote for LeBron James. I just love LeBron James. I don't, I'm not even thinking about the numbers or the advanced analytics. I'm just giving you the eye test, baby. LeBron James is the best player in the goddamn court. He's the best player in the league. Uh, and, you know, I think Russell Westbrook is going to win the, the award. He deserves it. He absolutely deserves MVP. I would vote for LeBron James, but... I think Russell Westbrook's going to win the award, and if he does, congratulations to him. He's done history this year. I mean, he deserves it. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening, guys. This is my breakdown of the playoffs. These are my predictions. Um, Let's see how things shake out. Let's see how accurate I am. I might be accurate. I might not be, but either way, it is on the record. Mark it down, dude. Um, Okay, I'm signing off today. Uh, Basketball starts at, it's now 1021 Eastern time. It starts at 3 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, first game on ABC, Pacers, Cavaliers should be good. <clears throat> but in the meantime, 
like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Instagram at Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Twitter at Smithface Jones. Email me at samsportsstation at gmail.com. I also want to thank Don Kenyon for my new Sam Sports podcast theme music. Really getting used to it, liking it, liking it. And uh, listen, I'll be back soon. Talk some more b-ball, maybe talk a little bit football too. But uh, in the meantime, got to get ready for these playoffs. It's an exciting time. Uh, enjoy the games. I know I will, and uh, and hopefully you will too. Take it easy. Bye-bye.